Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. podcast we are in uh, an establishment that sells sells alcohol today uh, Gareth has cried off his house is infected I don't want to say I was going to say his house is infected with the coronavirus but just too easy that everyone's saying that aren't they now like you walk around and if you cough somebody goes oh you've got the coronavirus I mean working in the newsroom like it's all I've heard all day so I think I need a bit of a break yeah. from it okay it's probably nothing to do with that at all but um, myself and Michael Loft decided to call into the Barnes pub and just have a little chat here over a pint instead. Right, so we have a disappointing result to talk about and, of course, uh, a small window to talk about the upcoming Bristol Rovers game as well. So we'll crack on with that and we'll just knock half an hour out or so. So, you're feeling when that equaliser went in, Michael, six minutes into stoppage time, practically the last kick of the game. Completely not the deflation. I mean, the, the guy in front of me at the match, he just he literally did sink to his knees when the ball hit the back of the net. And this is like a, like a grown block, you know what I mean? It just shows uh, how high emotions run at this stage of a season. And like everyone pointed out on Saturday, if we'd held on to win that game, you start talking about this is what promotion teams are made of. You're a point behind Rotherham, which a few weeks ago you'd have absolutely snapped the hand off for. It's the most gutted I've been after conceding a goal in a long time. I was so, so devastated. I was so disappointed because, and I don't normally do this, I don't normally, um, like, religiously check the other scores or anything like that, but for some reason, because we were winning and I knew that um, Rotherham were losing mainly, yeah. I kept checking my live score on my phone, I kept check, checking the live league one table and I could see that, you know, yes, we're going to be third, Rotherham's lost, we're in a really, really strong position here. And then when the ball hit the net, um, I was I was good. I was absolutely good. Terrible defending. Great finish by Mandron. I have to say, Brilliant. really, really good finish. And um, I don't know. It, it two points in three games. You can't be happy with that. Now, some people are looking at this glass half full. Some people are looking at this glass half empty. Um, the optimists are saying, well, you know, again, like Coventry, we played against a team in good form. We didn't play well on the on the day, really. Um, so you you know perhaps take a point and we've got a run of games against teams who aren't playing that well at the minute but two points from three games I'm finding it hard to put a positive spin on that I am and I think I'm more annoyed by the three performances actually than the three results because we play Fleetwood who were banging form currently banging form and to be fair to Gillingham I think we'd only lost one in 13 or something yeah. like that before we played them so yeah I mean we're in good form and all that but 
it's the manner of the displays in our last three games we haven't we haven't controlled the game as much as I'd like to see a Sunderland side do at this level. We've not um, we've not looked anywhere near as energetic, we've not looked as like up for it as we were kind of like January, early February sort of time. So it is definitely a concern. But like I said, after we got beat against Portsmouth a few weeks ago, we've now got to go go on like a good run then but then we won four off for spin, so if we do that again there's no reason why we can't be up there again. Yeah, and look at Oxford, I mean you know, Oxford's another one whose score I was checking uh, the whole time because they were losing 2-0 and you thought oh this is great and then they scored very late on to win that game to completely turn that round but you know people were saying they were perhaps out of it when we went there and beat them 1-0 they've yeah. put a run of wins together so it can be done and I think looking at um, Rotherham's result and Portsmouth have lost a game yes they were playing Peterborough who were, who were up there the fact that Oxford you know, were losing at one point you, you are looking now and you think and maybe with the exception of Coventry are these teams actually capable of, of putting this this run of wins together that everybody's fearful that they might? Suddenly they're going to win eight out of nine. Will that really happen? Is that realistically going to happen? Considering Sunderland have taken two points from three and we're still in touch. It's we're one more of, than still in touch. It's one of them. Everybody has a kind of recency bias, don't they? And I think a few weeks ago it was the case that a lot of teams were putting together great runs to ourselves, um, like Rotherham Beer on a brilliant run. And now... As I say, we could have been within one point of them at the weekend, which you just wouldn't have foreseen a few weeks ago. So, and then conversely, before that, when we went on our losing run, it looked as though like no nobody was putting that run together. So, I think it will kind of balance out. And we've just got to kind of, and that's a cliche, we've just got to get on doing what we do. We've got to put a run together, got a big opportunity this week to get six points, and we just really need to put behind us what's happened in the last few games. And then we've got a bit of a break because the Berry game obviously isn't happening because they don't exist anymore. So we've got a good opportunity there to like freshen people up and get some kind of like work on the training ground and stuff. Mm, it'd be interesting to see. We will talk about the Bristol Rovers game in a bit. Um, back to the, the actual performance um, itself. We went into the game and people were saying he needs to make changes. Uh, he made one change, it was enforced. But it is a change that people have been calling for for yeah. a while um, to bring in uh, Kyle Lafferty for Charlie Wake. Two goals for Sunderland, two goals for Lafferty. Yep, I think um, as I pointed out on Saturday first half I don't think he was anything to write home about I thought he looked fairly lethargic and I don't think he led the press anywhere near as well as Charlie White has been in recent weeks but second half he just showed the kind of like quality almost like X-Factor he has at this level and the calmness he showed to finish that second goal was fantastic and even the first goal his movement was really good and it's a sign of a player who's played at a higher level of this for, major- for the majority of his career and it's important you want your centre forwards to be able to do that so what you're saying there about Wyke um, leading the chase from the front and, and stuff like that and I, and I get that and it's it's conducive to the way the rest of the team work but you want your centre forward to be able to pull two goals out of the bag if you're not creating anything Oh, 100%, and I think um, Lafferty, I think he holds the ball up much better than Wyke. I think he's, um, I think he's a lot more intelligent in terms of like football and intelligence than um, Charlie Wyke. I think obviously you saw signs at the weekend that he's played at a higher level. So I know ultimately it didn't really work out, but with five minutes left, things were getting a bit scrambled, and Lafferty stood in the halfway line, trying to calm it down, man, and just like keep it in it. And I think he's got that experience. He's got that certainly got quality at this level. I mean. As I say, not only is his holder play good, he doesn't kind of like engage in kind of like pointless battles with centre halves. He very much looks to kind of like just like control it, bring it down and lay it off rather than just kind of like going up for a head of it. He's got no chance of winning. Mm. He's quite clever and he's conserving his energy in that way. Second goal potentially offside. It's hard to see with the replays. I think it's hard to be really, really clear about it. I've not seen one that's been 
that conclusive. I, I've not seen a replay, but to be fair, it's absolutely relevant if he's on a rough side. He's yeah. got to go through and finish up. Mm-hmm. And he did, and he did that very well. I think everybody in the ground thought the game was won then. Yeah. When they equalised and the ball came in, the, the lad I sit next to was saying, oh no, they, we've struggled with these all all game. And I think in contradiction to how we've defended recently, in recent weeks, we were very, very shaky the whole game. And it's easy to pinpoint that onto the exclusion of, of, um, of a certain player um, or... Well, I was going to say a certain system, but he's kept the, he's kept the system the same. So I, I, it's a mixture of things, really. But they just they didn't look as well drilled as I have done. They have, but I think um, like Steve Evans, he's got a lot of faults, but he's certainly not a fool at this level. And I think he actually exploited our weaknesses really well throughout the game. Um, and like you say, individually and collectively, I thought we were poor. I mean, Oz Turk didn't have his greatest game. Um, we looked a little bit. That's what I was saying of a certain player. I didn't want to go. <laughs> I didn't want to go in on, on Osterg. I, I think yeah. I just meant it because it's yeah. there's been a change in personnel. Of course, and, like, and but with us, he, he was nowhere near. He was kind of yeah. like good or lively as he has been. So I'm not just like digging out Osterg or anything like that. I just like I say, I don't think individually anyone across the bat line had the best of games. And like collectively, they just looked all over the place at times. They did, and. I think that's what made us so frustrating because you thought if they're going to hold on this is a win against a good team they haven't played well but look we've put ourselves in a really good position you just hope now that you know it doesn't have a negative impact on things they have to look at the big picture and look at the league table I mean there are about five teams on the same same points as we're on now in, in, in League One we're, obviously we were third until, until, until we struck on the last minute but how many teams there are 59 points It's really congested So you've got all the way down To Wickham in 8th Who were on 59 points From 34 games from And from Peterborough in 4th Yeah So you've got f- Yeah so, so Every side's on 59 points From 4th all the way down to 8th Right So You know To me again That just shows You know It's still there For the take And it's frustrating as it was um, John McLaughlin um, we, we, We've acknowledged We had an outstanding save from Mandron at 1-1 any particular individual performance as well that stood out to you? Well obviously Kyle Lafferty but we've kind of gone in and that like, he was really good in the second half and he took his two goals brilliantly I think um, had we won the game I'd be saying like George Dobson arguably would be up there for man of a match just for that moment and that ball he put through for Lafferty for the second goal I think he was energetic and he um, played with like a high intensity but I don't think he had his greatest game but it's, it's usually moments like that that you can see it is a match winning moment but unfortunately through no fault of his own it hasn't been but other than that I think just across the board it was just literally kind of 5 out of 10 performances which mm. isn't good enough really it's not it's not and, and like you say you know put some of that down to, to Steve Evans and and how they set up against us the team in form as a team playing well defensively going forward that, that is that, that is a concern um, Denver Hume it's a talking point again I don't want to overdo this now because it's just it, it's going to get like it's going to get a bit ridiculous how, how much people are talking about Declan John to come in <laughs> to replace him Denver Hume if you could sum up his Sunderland career, we'll be watching him in this game. Gets a ball, one minute looks very, very confident. He glides past two and three players like they aren't there. Oft, quite often he runs into traffic, and I'm not sure he knows what he's doing with it. I question his game intelligence yeah, at do. times. Um, he was scared of their fullback, I thought. Again, he, he put a couple of hard challenges in on him, and I thought there were occasions when he... He would beat his man, or he would beat two men. He would see, and then he would see that guy, and he would freeze up a little bit. And it's difficult to say how he can overcome that. Playing games and just you know, and get tougher and get better. 
but it's um, you feel like the fans have are watching him more than any other player yeah. and everything every single thing he does I, yeah I think it's fair to say he's been scrutinised more than anybody but I think my criticism isn't necessarily at Denver Hume's door himself it's just a lack of rotation there's no way that in his like kind of first season playing like every single week that he's been, he's been hung out with drive for the next sense so when he has a couple of performances he should be there should be someone like a Declan John to come in and replace him take him out the firing line then put them back in like for kind of like games where we're going to enjoy a lot more possession against a weaker size at least so Rochdale is a prime example where Denver Hume excels because the only emphasis on him is to attack and go forward and he doesn't have very many defensive responsibilities so you should be able to have like two like good like quality players down that side you can interchange for certain games and I think that was what why everyone was quite excited when we signed John personally I don't think I've ever seen him play live or anything so I can't judge too no. much but it, on paper like that, I was quite excited because that was I thought Denver Hume's going to get some time off now he's going to get the opportunity to get rested and keep him fresh so I just don't really know what's gone on with that side he mustn't be all that is what I'm saying because we go back again to the the transfer window and the transfer business and yes he likes to keep a winning team but the fact is if these players particularly Declan John were good enough in his eyes to replace the players he's got they'll be in the team now we're going for promotion you know we need to win every game there has been lots of evidence to suggest Declan Hume uh, Declan Hume <laughs> Denver Hume could um, could take some time out of the team yeah. that's clear for all to see and the fact he thinks he's not going to make that change to me speaks volumes and says a lot maybe it does but I, I just think that's kind of like Parkinson's like philosophy if you will I mean it's just as I say there's been a lot there's been stubborn and there's been Surely you, know, you can't be that stuck. You can't be. There's been a lot of mixed messages. Also, we were all like kind of like lectured heavily throughout November and December that we need to be patient because this like January transfer window was coming and we were going to bring in like Phil Parsons style players and everything was going to be all right after that. But as we've seen, like we've persisted with the same players since January, so it's just all a little bit like kind of confusing. Well, that to me says that they aren't good enough to play. Yeah, agree. But I just, as I say, I don't actually have like much faith in Parsons and changing it up. Well, it'll be interesting to see if he does that um, on, on on Tuesday. Um, we have acknowledged that he, we didn't defend that goal very well. Um, are we just are we just putting this on an individual player or just fatigue? The players look tired generally, and this goes back to not freshening up. Yeah. It's, it links into the point we're making. Yeah, I mean fatigue obviously has a big part in it, and that's just what frustrates me is when, as you say, when you have more favourable fixtures, particularly when you winning these games you should be like freshened up as much as possible so the argument for not including Lafferty recently has been because he hasn't like played enough football and he, and he hasn't got enough minutes under his belt but you're freeing it up against Rochdale at half time why not why yeah, not give him and, a half there and you know if <laughs> all Lafferty has done is justified everybody's concerns yeah. that he hasn't been given a chance before now because he's coming he's got two goals yeah of course but so now you're in a position where Charlie White is injured but now you're thinking well, if he's not involved tomorrow, like, can you trust Lafferty? Not trust him, but like, does he have it in the tank yeah. to play two ninety minutes, like, in the space of a few days? Yeah, no, that 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 is exactly it. Um, and we'll, we'll we'll come on to the Bristol Rovers game. Um, I want to say thank you to everybody who came to the Peacock on Saturday before Real the winner. game. Yeah, Darren Williams and very well attended again. And Darren Williams is really good. He's got some really good stories. Um, so we, we're looking at doing the Easter Monday game against Peterborough. How big that game might be when we when we come to it, it could be it could be absolutely massive. Or one of us could have 
drop well off the pace by then. Uh, of course, we'll be playing Good Friday as well. So that'll be interesting. We were hoping to get Vic Hallam along for that. And he agreed to it. <clears throat> but he's not living in the UK at the minute, Vic. Although he said he's going to move back over. So the whole coronavirus thing has knacked that one up. So um, just keep your eye on our social media and we'll, uh, we'll let you know who that is. But thanks for coming along. I'm trying to eye up some people in this pub make to see if they're wearing a certain clothing brand and I don't think it's the crowd for uh, terrace terrace attire no but um, I am going down to Bristol tomorrow night unfortunately just in time Chris has dropped us off a polo which I ordered a few weeks ago from the from the terrace's range oh, you get personal delivery do you well because <laughs> it's a uh, well, it's just a person, you know what I mean. But um, but no, it's like um, like long sleeve polo, like really really good quality gear. Like I've got like a couple of the polos, like the jumpers are really smart as well. You were wearing a really nice burgundy yes, number on Saturday. How would you describe these sort of porcelain figures that we're looking at in front of us in this cabinet in the in the Barnes pub? Because we could do some little mini versions of those and drop it on. It would be better than the attire they are wearing. <laughs> Terrible if you can't see what we're looking at, but uh, I'm labouring along here to try and make a link but the point of the matter is just go uh, to from the terraces.co.uk and if you put in our discount code WMS10 you will get 10% off so go and have a look and you'll be thankful for that Hey I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Right, Sunderland play Bristol Rovers, um, whose form is terrible. <laughs> we'll we'll have a quick discussion on that. Then we'll have a look at some of the stuff you've been looking at today, um, Michael, about about Phil Parkinson's uh, track record in this league and when he's been in a similar situation uh, to this previously. So Bristol Rovers, you couldn't hope to come across a better team in terms of somebody who's out of form. I mean, ideally you'd want them to be at home, for game to be at home. But I mean, I mean they got beat three one against Southend at the weekend, and like Southend, like they've been absolutely dreadful all season. It's only the fact that Bolton's have had like minus points at the start of the season has kept them off the bottom of the league. Um, so yeah, there's absolutely no reason why we shouldn't be going there tomorrow and just win the game comfortably and like build a little bit of confidence and belief again. Yeah. Um, did we have a look at their form, Bristol Rovers? Yeah. So it's um, the third off bottom of the form table currently. And I think I think it is only Bolton and Southend that's actually below them in the table. And the beat Blackpool um, out the blue didn't the other week, but other than that, the only results of note they've got was they got a nil-nil draw with Fleetwood, which was quite commendable. But we also but they also drew one-one um, with Bolton as well, so that mm. just shows a kind of like yin and yang nature of them. I mean, uh, 
manager is under pressure and I think you could you could tell that with his post match comments at the at the stadium. Well in fact his pre match comments as well when he, 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 he tried to put all his pressure on the or the referee to say we need a strong referee and we don't need a weak referee and it actually worked because the first half he remember the referee was absolutely terrible and um, that was great to call him, wasn't it? well yeah and and then and then luckily he be- he became wise to it and I actually agree with the Bristol Rovers manager we do need a stronger referee but not uh, in the context of how he was trying to put it across because we saw that the weekend as well Gillingham players just kicking the ball away yeah. all the time. I was starting to sound like uh, a broken record with this, to be honest. Uh, we'll try and move on from Saturday's game, but it's just uh, linked to the fact this, this this manager's under pressure. And as you've mentioned, they've lost at Southend. Um, you would imagine he's not going to try the same tactic again to try and say we need a strong referee. And we've just got to go there. We've got we've got to try and just make a statement, haven't we? And and tell everybody that we're we're still banging this race. Yeah, definitely. I think as well, I've just said earlier on that you would maybe favour having the home game, but I'm actually going to go back on myself because I think that if we're at home, give off a back of two poor results, I don't think the crowd will stick with them maybe in the manner that they did the other week. It sounds like the crowd are, are, are turning on them and they're ready to turn on them, certainly. Yeah, definitely. And I think if we, like, if we score an early goal, then it could turn a bit nasty there. But conversely, if we aren't winning by half-time, Obviously, I know we'll take like a decent follow in the game, but if that was in front of 30,000 people at the stadium, like, people might start getting a bit edgy and a little bit nervy. So actually playing away from home tomorrow might suit us to a certain extent. Mm. I thought the crowd were decent again the weekend. A few boos at the final whistle, but people need to look past that. I think it's pantomime that. Yeah. And people were just Annoying. taking the frustration out that they were they were disappointed we drew the game. It certainly wasn't directed at the players or at the manager. I don't feel anyway. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You make a good point with that, um, and we really need to see the foot go down on the throat here, um, because their uh, record is terrible. They aren't a very good team, and we can't afford now to be dropping points, especially when most of us thought we were going to win the game on Saturday. So when it comes to who we might change, who we might put in, he, he doesn't think White's going to be fit, does he? So... I mean, just I, I don't know anything, but just purely going off his press conference, just yeah. to, when he got asked a question, he was kind of like, oh yeah, Charlie will be in contention, but just looking at his body language and the way he delivered it, I'm not 100% convinced that he thinks that White's going to be ready to start. I think more realistically, we hope he saves White for Saturday, and then he goes and says to Kyle Lafferty, give me another 90 minutes, or give me another 70 minutes, and then if White's fit, you can think about coming in on Saturday, but he doesn't like refreshing things up, so whether he'll take that strategy or not um, is anyone's guess, really. Um, do we expect many changes? It seems like a pointless question, doesn't it, with, with this manager? I don't expect that he put it that way. <laughs> I know. It's like it's taken out a total, a total section of what we could talk about, where we, where we speculate on what the changes to the team might be because every other manager we've had in the last 20 years has made loads of changes and this guy doesn't so we're just going to say right is he going to play the same team again is he going to play the same team again do we think do you, you think you sound a bit Simon Grace there is he going to play the same yeah. team absolutely <laughs> yeah uh, to be fair I think um, unless it's an enforced change is unlikely to make any I think Maybe he might look to bring Ozturk out, but then again, who would you put in? I certainly would rather have Ozturk in than Joe Lynch, and I think off the back of two bad performances, maybe you're not going to drop Ozturk. So, in that regard, hopefully we can try and be a bit more consistent. But I'm not, I'm not as convinced as that with other people with Ozturk. I, I'm not 
I know he has this like cult following and stuff, and like all of you involved, <laughs> apart from me, were wise when say would say would make that would say that was your opinion. Um, so do you, you, you would rather Oz Turk than Lynch? Honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. So you, do you, do you, like, do you think Lynch is better as a footballer? Because I think my issue with Lynch is I just don't like his attitude, his persona. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. And I've brought up before his, his, his body language, a lot of arrogance there, I think. And are we in a position to pick people on their personalities? Because like Oz Turk's a nice blogger, he comes across that. I just... There's a mistake in him, and, and I'm always worried that there's a massive howler in him. And I thought he was way off the pace on Saturday. I think there's equally a mistake in Lynch for because part of his problem with what I think his personality is that he um, he makes unnecessary mistakes because his concentration is quite poor. I agree, and you know, neither ideal other. No. Um, you know, <laughs> neither what we want to go for in the ideal world. But are you? Would you shock Tommy Smith in? <laughs> well, we don't know anything about him, do we? But you know, why not? Because because uh, that's what everybody's saying. Uh, Will Griggs another one who people talk about and again. Does nah. uh, the absence, you know, does, <laughs> does absence make the heart grow fonder in that case? Where you're just thinking like, you know, people become better when they're not playing. I do think that's massively. You'd be, be coming on a sub more than he, he should, but it's massively revisionist for people to kind of call for his inclusion because I remember after he missed his penalty against like Oxford and he didn't show any kind of overt emotion. People saying, "Nah, his attitude is minging, his body language is minging, he can't be bothered, he just want to be here." If you look at his goals. Um, if you look at all the goals, you know you go on YouTube or something, and you look at all his goals. He, he's never, he's never been an animated kind of character. I completely agree, but I'm just saying like there's a large section of fans now calling for Greek to be included. But like a few months ago, nobody was. I agree, but I think the point myself and Gareth made last week was we are putting the ball in the box now, and I don't think previously when he's played we've been doing that at all. So that would be an argument for that. You know, he would say, well, because we are, where wing backs are getting in good positions. And then our uh, uh, Gucci Maguire are getting into good positions. The delivery in the box is not always great, but the ball is generally going out of the box. And while we're saying the delivery might not be great, that might be because we don't have a centre forward who's got the movement to make in that situation, which I would argue his goals record suggests he has. I, I rationally do think that um, he would be worth a go at some stage, but I just think with where Parky is at, I'm just not sure that he will include him because he likes to play a certain way with a kind of like physical man up front and we've seen that he talked in his first press conference about how vital Charlie White's going to be the way he plays and I don't think like that Will Green plays anywhere near like no, that. I agree and I, but I do think it's more late in the game when the game's a bit stretched completely agree as a sub more completely. than anything I'm not, I'm not saying he should be starting the game so are we confident we're going to look at your your bit research soon but are we, <laughs> are we confident for the game for tomorrow, yeah, absolutely. Like it's the sort of game where you can basically kiss goodbye to promotion. Like even playoffs, if we're not going there to win, you think so? You've been looking at, at, at Phil Parkinson's um, previous in this division. Um, I think what we'll acknowledge is, that, like I said, I, I was really good at when when they equalised and they scored so late. Um, but what it does do, the results of the weekend do say to me. We all overcompensate for how well other teams are going to do, I think. And the fact we are still in touch after the two points of three games confirms that to me. So what we need to think is we are still in this race. Mm-hmm. And, and you've been looking to see what Phil's record is like 
in previous years. Yeah, I mean, the first one's maybe not ideal because it's when they were in League 2, not League 1, but it's Bradford City side. You think we're in a bad situation, so with nine games to go in that season, they've just been beaten 4-1 against Exeter. They hadn't won a home game in 2013. They were 10 points adrift of the final playoff place, which is seventh in League 2, but they managed to close that gap. The won five, the drew three, lost one of the last nine games, accumulating 18 points, and then ultimately that side did get promoted, which is, which is encouraging. So it shows that kind of like he can kind of keep his calm in certain situations and like deliver the results out the bag. 2015 16 again, but it's good that he was he's more at Wembley. Yeah, <laughs> tough. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he didn't have a very good experience at Wembley when they played Swansea like, in the League Cup, but that was a different yeah, kind of fish. Yeah, a Division 1 team playing a, a Division 4 team. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Bradford um, in 2015 2016, they started um, in sixth place at the start of this running, and they ultimately finished fifth. However, they had a really good run, and uh, out of the last nine games, they won seven, they drew one, they lost one, accumulating 22 points, which I'd suggest if we maintain that form, we'd get promoted automatically, yeah, definitely. given the way everything's going. And the Bolton 2016-17, ironically, was actually the lowest points he accumulated in a running like this, where they've been in contention. He only got 17 points, but they started second place, they finished in second place. But in that run as well, they actually lost back-to-back games and they were winless in three, including a nil-nil draw at home against Bury. Now, could you imagine if that was the Sunderland side, the amount of pressure that would be on them if we had that sequence of results? Yeah. So, ultimately, um, it's maybe not I- ideal, but he still did get them promoted. So, I think it's, he's shown that like he's for all his kind of like faults and that and I'm not his biggest fan, but he's got a track record of delivering success when he gets down to the business end of the season. He has. Um, I guess... Just... Trying to think, is that conclusive or not, or inconclusive? The stuff you come I up mean, with. I mean, I'm not saying I'm. It's, I'm kind of presenting this data almost like impartially. It's mm. just kind of like a guide to kind no, of. No, it's interesting. I think um, it's going to come down to the playoffs again. I think. No, I think we. I do think we've got a chance for the for the top two. My my gut instinct is telling me we're not going to quite have enough, based on what we've seen so far no, this season. But at the same time somebody's going to go on a run and, and, and smash it and do it and there's no reason that can't be us I know it's a cliche but we could be sat here in two or three weeks time kind of like be really really comfortable going up and then mm. a week later we could be saying oh no it's a disaster it's all over Yeah, it's just as I say it's just because football is a very reactionary emotive game and, like, no one's going to make any apologies for that like. mm. and, and, and the lack of games I think as well The what would have been the Bury game um, yeah. what might be the South End game if they decide to call that off uh, it's gonna it's gonna require patience from some of the fans if suddenly we are outside the playoffs, for example. Yeah, and that could realistically happen, but it's due, it would just be down to games played. Yeah, I mean this is the thing. This is why I just I can't stress enough how much like if we can play the Southend game, we just have to play it because like surely no matter like how many players we have out, we should back ourselves to go and be second off bottom of the league. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree, and I mean, because look, the players were realistically going to lose. I mean, Conor McLaughlin doesn't start anywhere. Like Tom Flanagan, I would quite like to keep him on the basis of how we've been playing lately. But it's not, it's not the end of the world. Um, and obviously, Lee Burge is a perfectly capable battle goalkeeper, and he showed he can then perform well earlier on in the season. So I, I wouldn't be worried at all. Like we 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 said this last season, there were, there were a lot of games, and especially this because if you remember Jack Ross. Um, Suggested or hinted that he didn't want to do that anymore, that we were taking too many games out, and then every single one 
We've cancelled. No, we've postponed. Exactly. No, I agree. I, I, as I say, I just I, I much rather just like just play the games because as, last season we showed that like and having games in hand it means nothing because the problem is in your mind you kind of convert all of these games in hands into win and when it doesn't happen, yeah, of reality, course it doesn't. No, like we how many times have we sat in the pod and said right, and these next three games we need to get seven points or nine points. Something like the last week we got two, but we're still in contention. But this this again, you know, like sound like a broken record, just shows to me that other teams are the same and nobody's going to go. Home. Smash every every uh, every game. Coventry do look like the ones. If anybody were going to put a, a run together, that said, wasn't impressed by them at all when we played them. So it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be it's even more so the last year when four teams sort of um, distanced themselves from the rest, didn't they? And it was the two that went up, and then us in Portsmouth. And this year, you're just all the way down to eighth. Yeah, you're still in with a with a with a with a chance and with a shout. I do think Wickham will pull off. I've been saying that for weeks. I think they will drop out, but it's going to keep going. And that Rotherham game looks so exciting at the moment. But you know, it's a long time before then. And now, like we've said, one of us could have completely dropped out the the playoff pictures. But I know there's a small window of opportunity for you um, to listen to this before the Bristol Rovers game. Uh, we'll be back with something for you on Thursday. I'm not sure if we'll have a reaction pod. Is anybody going? You going down, are you? I'm going down tomorrow, yeah. Well, tomorrow, I mean, sorry, yeah. I don't think anybody else will be. So no, I, I, Unless you want to talk to yourself or find some <laughs> find some random to do a reaction pod with. I, I don't want to dilute the content for the idiots. Yeah, on Thursday. no, we, we won't do that. Um, unless we win like 10 0 and you think it deserves an instant reaction. Um, but we'll see where we are with that. So the lads will be back Thursday. Um, like I've said keep uh, an eye out on our social media and we'll let you know um, what the situation is or who the guest is for our next um, Peacock event which will be before the Peterborough game on Easter Monday so I know it's disappointing I know it's frustrating but we're trying to be reasonable here and we think look at the league table just just do that look at the league table and tell me why we don't have as much chance as anybody else of sneaking into that second place because we do Okay, thanks for listening. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.